why we're here today to tell you about how amazing Viking Strong Resistance Bands are. They can be found at our website. Now, let's describe them. They are stretchy and they are squishy. They can be used for many different exercises. Yes, Viking Strong Resistance Bands are used to do more challenging squats, arm stretches, and much more. You can stretch them a lot. Please check out Viking Strong Resistance Bands on our website, www.wildernesslaw.us. When being strong isn't enough, be Viking Strong! There you go. Tristan, you want to read your commercial you wrote? It's good. All items at the Indian Mound Farmer's Market are from local sources. It's also a place to meet some really nice and fun people and bond as a community. It's fresh. All the delicious things at the market are items local farmers bring in from this season's harvest. Awesome products like eggs, pickles, they're the only pickles we buy, honey from Jackass Honey Farms, and jellies and jams. It's fun. They have arts and crafts, fashion accessories, and helicopter watch. Yeah, come on out to Liberty Hill, Texas, and check out Indian Mound Ranch Farmer's Market. Welcome to Season 3 of the Wilderness Law Podcast. Yay! We are recording. All right, Marion, you want to bring us in? Since Josie's being a wuss. Um... Welcome to the Wilderness Law po- Wilderness Law Podcast with Lane, Tristan, and me and Marion. And today we have a visitor. Uh, Zach Parks. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am Zach Parks. I live in Austin, and I am a Libertarian candidate for the Texas House of Representatives. Nice. What uh, you're in Travis County? How's, I don't even know how all that works anymore. But. Uh, it's uh, District 136. Okay, I'll all be right. going up against uh, Tony Dale, the Republican, and probably also a Democrat. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah anyone yeah. who's declared yet? Yeah, Texas is funny. I know there's a lot. Back when I first became a voting age, there's tons of races that there just wasn't Dem- Democrats. They didn't even bother. Yeah. And um, so, okay, how'd you, so how'd you get into this and uh, how long have you been interested in politics, I guess, in general and then specifically? It started, I was 16, so about nine years ago. um, I got into the Ron Paul movement, got into learning what a a real liberal was, a classical liberal Jeffersonian uh, that led to Rothbard and... uh, be- becoming a, a libertarian. Did you grow up liberal, like with liberal parents, or? Uh, I grew up conservative. Okay. Uh, I grew up Republican, and uh, actually went to George Bush's second presidential inauguration. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, homeschooled, private schooled, and um, then I got into the liberty movement, and um, it, just, it basically just took off from there, and. I'm 26 now, and when was that October that I announced the run? I'd, I had, after 2016, I had become disillusioned with the party 
Right. And uh, I was going to be doing the Austin Peterson thing, going yeah, into yeah, the yeah. Republican Party. And But then I actually uh, talked to Adam Kokesh at an event here in Austin, and yeah, he, he inspired me that, you know, this is still possible, the message is still alive, the party's still going, uh, despite what may have happened <laughs> last year. And... Um, we, the party definitely made some took made some missteps, but yeah, they didn't really have a ton of good options well, either. I don't think, uh, uh, at least not that ever saw the light of day. Adam's not a uh, or Adam Austin Peterson isn't a bad guy, but he's I don't know. He just never really got the respect in like uh, yeah. the debates and stuff. Yeah, I. Uh... Uh, he's running for the U.S. Senate now in Missouri, and I, I hope he wins. I yeah. mean, he would be a great, great senator. But um, I got back into the party, and it was like August, maybe July or August, that uh, I found some local libertarian meetings. I went there, and they're talking about if you want to run, you know, this is how you do it. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, well, you know, I want to run. Yeah. I, I, I want to run for office. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so looking around different um, what you can and cannot do, you have to live in a district for a certain amount of time and you, you have to be do this and that and, and just what's realistic. And, um, and I settled on uh, the House of Representatives. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Um, yeah, we – so I guess for those listening, uh, uh, Matthew Whittington was on the podcast right before the – interesting election that took place a little over a year ago um i want to i can't is either right it was no it was a little bit earlier than that because i don't know that gary had the nomination yet we talked about gary johnson a lot but i can't remember if he had either just gotten the nomination or if he was about to right Uh, something like that i i can't remember but uh yeah, I uh, and I like Gary Johnson a lot. I think he'd be an interesting guy to hang out with and like get high with. <laughs> <laughs> if I was the type of guy that got high a lot, but uh not a presidential candidate, I don't think. Uh, Adam was on his he was on his taxationist theft tour. He came through here a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and I I got to go got to see him again and apparently like they needed another hundred delegates. Gary needed another hundred delegates. They went next door to the convention to a comic con <laughs> and got like a hundred people there. I guess all cosplayed up mm-hmm. to come to the LNC and and get Gary the nomination. Interesting. I uh. so I, I see why I see why Adam is doing what he's doing. He's getting way out ahead. He's calling yeah. he's now, Good. In, in 2017, he's asking for delegates. He's asking uh, for people to join the team. Yeah. Kokesh for not president. And, and he made it crystal clear. He's not running as, as an education opportunity. He is running. He is serious. that he's, He is running for the peaceful and responsible dissolution of the federal government. Which is, uh, yeah, that's a, t- that's a time for it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, I don't know. If we could have gotten a strong guy in there um, last year, it could have would have been a good time for it. A guy that could have it would have been competitive. Fielded some press questions a little better, and yeah, yeah, because 
Yeah. I mean, that was uh, what the, my favorite joke before the when the nominations happened, when they were all, it was figured out who all was going to be running uh, the, what's his name, the, the guy on Daily Show. I can't remember, Noah, whatever. Trevor uh, Noah, I think. Yeah, Trevor Noah. Um, he... Uh, he said, congratulations to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton for both being nominated against the only person they might be able to beat. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that makes, yeah, uh-huh. And they, uh, what a weird year it's been, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a decade older than you, and so, like, <clears throat> I remember Ronald Reagan, you know, and um, but like George H.W. Bush is really the first president. And I really remember like he wasn't just a face on TV. I kind of knew what a president was supposed to be yeah. by then. And and of course, we were in a war. I mean, it was not a normal war, but for me being uh, later elementary school, it was the first war I got to see on TV for real. Yeah. And uh but yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not going to say they were, that, you know, pretend that they were 100% trustworthy, but you had presidents that could like read and stuff. <laughs> and they just, I don't know. So it's, uh, and it wasn't just, like they were good at the sound bites, but it was in a speech that made sense. Like it is, I don't know. I don't even know. Like I've, I can make jokes about this presidency a lot, and I yeah. can also say, like my a lot of my friends are like, well, what were you going to vote for her? I'm like, no, I wasn't. I mean, I've voted third party all but one of my adult like elections, yeah. like presidential elections, I got to vote in. And like I, I came out of the box voting libertarian when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. For uh, was it Dan Brown? Something oh, Brown. Man. Harry Brown. Harry Brown, I think his name was. And uh, what, he, what, what was that like? Two thousand or two? Yeah, two. It was uh, Bush Gore. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, that was because see, when I was in high school, my stepdad. When I, which is when I got interested in politics, uh, but I was really more of an anarchist kind of, like just this dumb, crazy teenager. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> um, and then my stepdad kind of told me about the Libertarian Party, but he wasn't ready to. He never. He passed away without ever having full. I, he, I'm betting he voted for a few Libertarians. Uh, he definitely liked what the party was about. Yeah. But he grew up, you know, like he, he his first election, he voted for Nixon uh, oh. and uh, and was proud of it till the day he died. He's like, yeah, what else was I going to vote for? Josie, close that marker. For the listeners, Josie is here, but she's, I don't know, not on the mic because she's a crazy person. And uh, she thinks she's sick. <laughs> yeah. He got a little cold at the house last night. Um so, uh, let's see. I have, like, a couple of notes, but I don't want to jump into them yet. Uh, okay. Because I just want to kind of stay general. Um, but the one note I want to, I guess, because it's not easy. Uh, uh, it's, it's not 
easy. It's not not easy in the way that like gun control or the border wall or 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 because uh, like the border wall is a weird one with libertarians. But we can get into that in a minute. But like this is, it's interesting to me how difficult. Like because I want to get kids. This is a parenting pod. This is mostly a hunting and parenting podcast. Okay, but it's also just us having a conversation. Okay, right. And um, when that's where the parenting side comes. And I don't know if you have any ideas about it, uh, how to get them involved in politics. Just interested. Because he kind of is. Tristan, he's 13. But it's like when I was a kid, I was about like them. Like I, I was there and I was aware of it. I Yeah. Um my story is odd. Um, because, long story short, and I mean <laughs> a long story short, <laughs> when I was 16, I had a near-death experience. Oh, okay. Like, was kind of a local celebrity. Oh, okay. Uh, we could get into that sometime. In Austin? It, I was living in Pennsylvania at the okay. time. And basically was not... I mean, honestly, wasn't really in my right mind <laughs> uh, for a time after that. Uh, I mean, to be fair, uh, but I was looking for meaning. Why? Yeah. Why, why am I still alive? And um, had a passion, became like really like over the top, kind of like angry and passionate about a lot of things. And that was the same year. Obama got elected, mm -hmm. and all that just crescendoed <laughs> into me becoming just a bit fire-breathing yeah. about what I believed and what I wanted to do. And um, I posted something on... I posted a Thomas Jefferson quote on Facebook, and a guy, like, who... I don't know if I'd even ever met him, but, like, I was, I was uh, friends with him on Facebook, and he... Invited me to a constitutional group, saw that, invited me to a constitutional group, and that's where I was introduced to uh, classical liberalism, libertarianism, and and it just made sense. Yeah. And, and then came Austrian economics, and uh, of course Ron Paul, and I was skeptical at first. It took me a while, because I, I was trying to join the Marine Corps at the time, mm -hmm. and so I didn't want the, the Ron Paul foreign policy. I wanted to go, I wanted to go fight in a war. Right. And... It was in college when I decided I wasn't going to join the military that that's that's when I just fell completely into it. And then a few months later, uh, I was a Rothbardian anarcho-capitalist. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm proud to take that route. Um, I think the thing that got me into the most what we can glean from that is it just I learned. Well, uh, natural law, I think, would probably be the best thing that I, I learned. There's such a thing as natural law. Yeah. There's such a thing as the world works this way. And it's not a matter of it's, it's <clears throat> not this bizarre pie in the sky kind of concept. It's it's there. Truth is there. Truth is real. How do we find that? Yeah, that, that's our job. And people say, like, there's three sides to everything, like your side, my side and like what really happened. And well, 
and they usually say that cynically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They throw their hands up like, yeah, we'll never know the truth. But they're admitting with that phrase, there is what really happened. Yeah, <laughs> There's right. what really goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, what I've learned, what I've uh, taken to heart is that truth is not hard to find. It's just hard to look at. It's hard to admit that you're wrong. And it's hard to say that I believe this, I believe that in front of, in many cases, people who, like, where, just not understanding where is this mm -hmm. coming from? Why is Zach saying these things? You're right. What, just confusion. Well, and that all comes back to self-value again yeah. and ego yeah. and the good side of ego and the bad side of ego and the good amount versus the bad amount of what are you doing? And, <laughs> and, um... But yeah, because you're afraid, because that's an issue with the current political climate, right? Like people are, they can't have a conversation because they're taking it too seriously, right? They're yeah. taking their opinion. Uh, I can't remember who I first heard say this uh, quote. It was probably Joe Rogan quoting somebody else, but uh, that today it's really in vogue to consider your own emotions to be the same, have the same value as facts. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's like, and, but it is scary to like, cause you do hold those beliefs, political beliefs, religious beliefs as being part of what you are, your yeah. value to the oh, world. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so if you're going to tell somebody that and they're going to, say that's stupid that you're scared of that you're scared well maybe they're right <laughs> yeah oh yeah and I, uh, yeah I, i've i when i was growing up i'm like from as far back as i can remember i don't remember not wanting to join the military mm -hmm. and we can credit a bunch of john wayne movies that we had for that right and I'm all named after john wayne you are named after john wayne she's really? named marion yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny mm -hmm. uh, I loved those movies and um, that was just that got me into it and then all growing up and uh, later the Civil Air Patrol and just like my whole oh my gosh you said it should have in high school my, my bedroom was just like a shrine mm -hmm. I mean seriously a shrine to the Marine Corps I had yeah. the, the walls were painted tan <laughs> I had big wooden letter these wooden letters on the walls honor courage commitment Marine Corps, they were painted red, golden, and black, I think, yeah, or red and gold. Yeah, yeah. I had the American flag, and I had posters, and I had T-shirts hanging up, and I it was <laughs> it was really over the top, and um, and so when I came in, so liberty made sense, but like that whole foreign policy thing, that I mean, that made me mad, right. frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I didn't want to accept it. I wanted to I wanted to go fight. I wanted to go die, and. Uh, be a hero. Right. And not for, not because I thought I was some great person, because I thought I wasn't some great person. And you, but you would be if. Ah, yeah. Die on the field of battle for your right. country. Oh, yeah. suddenly you're a hero. And, yeah. and that was, that was my motive. I didn't like the world. I wanted to withdraw from the world. That was my motive for joining the military. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many, like. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Gotta I, be, right? It's got to be a lot yeah. of guys who uh, don't feel like they fit in. Yeah. And don't feel like they, they're part of society. 
and um, don't feel like anyone likes them. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to be quite frank. And so, what does everybody like? What yeah. what is everybody? Uh, a hero. Yeah. Join the military. Yeah. Go support fight the, the troops. Yeah. Support the troops. Go yeah. fight. It's an easy job. It's an e- it's easy admiration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I absolutely mm-hmm. believe. I I don't know if it's. 20, 40, 80%. I don't know. But I, I, it is. It has to be a large portion of guys. Well, and it's a lot of guys, like if you were to talk, I'm going to say, I'm going to say there's a little bit of that and 100% of the <laughs> probably. people, you know, because yeah, obviously we're not, nobody's just all one thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I would bet there's some of that in all of them. And, and yeah. And, it, and as you say that, you know, there was part of me who did. Part of me did believe, you know, fight them there or fight them here. Yeah. You know, we were attacked by terrorists, supposedly, and... Uh, yeah, and, and that's... And we, we need to do something about it, and... That was a crazy time. How old were you on the day? I was nine years old. Yeah, but that's I, pretty I, impressionable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, oh yeah, I, it was, it changed my life, absolutely, I and mean, it changed all our lives forever, yeah. and... Uh, I mean, I, every night, you know, I was praying that our house didn't get bombed and Grandma and Grandpa's house didn't get bombed. And right, yeah. It, I had the approach of a child. Right, 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 and yeah. I accepted that. And hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because he wasn't born yet, so they weren't even uh, a thought. And then, and I was 19, and i was like most of my cousins and stuff joined up like real soon and i'm proud of what they did but yeah and i always kind of thought i wouldn't like heart as hardcore with, as you with the uh, posters on my wall i had some um yeah. military posters on my wall but i always thought i would join because my you know grand ball my grandfather's fought in world war Two. my Dad and my stepdad were both. They served during Vietnam. One, my stepdad actually went. My dad was in the reserves. That was my grandpa served during mm-hmm. Vietnam. He was an army doctor. My father was an army officer. Served during yeah. Desert Storm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I always kind of thought my brother and I would both join something, and but I also knew I was very bad at taking orders. <laughs> <laughs> I proved that to myself in high school in flying colors. And so I would have been a terrible soldier and I would have gotten a lot of people killed, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, but I do have cousins that did some really cool stuff over there and, you know, and saw some really bad stuff. There are some good people in the military. I don't Definitely. dispute that. Right. I, well, I, joining I, the military is a noble effort like for the most part in its purest form definitely like we're saying no nothing's 100% black and white it's uh cuz what you're like the motivation you're talking about even that could be better that even that's better than a lot of versions of what you could do with your life you know um uh, like it's not great i'm not saying but it's uh and it's not uh what uh some people would call healthy, I guess, <laughs> but you know, there's people that just sit and play video games and do literally nothing and waste everyone else's oxygen. And, uh, you know, like Tristan, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> and, but, uh, so I don't know. It's, that's, 
you know, we're dirt, like our the emotions that go through us. Are, we're getting into a lot of like psychology stuff, and we don't really need to, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I. So let's just back up and back out of that because it. Yeah. So you decided that service was a good thing, but your the reason you were thinking military as being that service was yeah something to not head towards and uh i would tell girls mm-hmm. that i was joining not to rack a body count not to spread democracy to protect that which is most important family <laughs> and i said it to manipulate them right into liking me right yeah i, yeah. I did it with totally ulterior motives i set them up yeah i did well you were how old you were 16 17 right 18 yeah like <laughs> you're not supposed to know better than that when you're 16 uh-huh. 17 18 you're not like and i'm i'm saying don't beat yourself up too much about it because you know you're <clears throat> there's definitely more horrible things that's not yeah. great but and we're hearing a lot about manipulation and stuff in the news right now, although we're not even having a real conversation about it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, but you're, you're 16, 17, man. Yeah. You're going to, everybody does something to manipulate, and that's both genders, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I know I don't count being a cisgendered white dude, uh, but... Uh-huh. My my word doesn't count in this conversation, but that's yeah. speaking. My daughter's being very weird. My littlest one, she's she's like under the desk. Um, we don't talk about her. You're gonna step on her face. Don't. Josie. Yeah, Mary, just sit in Get the chair. Up. You're gonna step in her face, and then I'm gonna have to like take her to a hospital or something. Um, I, I I hope that what I say, mm-hmm. I hope I'm speaking some guy out there, some a high schooler, who. Yeah. Who, who is hearing me right now and, and knows you know what you're really doing. You, right. you know that what you're really up to. And, uh, and I want to tell you right now, y- you are setting yourself up more than anyone. Yeah. You are setting yourself up more than anyone. I, I, you ha- you're going to have to carry that. You're going to carry what you do. You're going to carry what you do in the service. You're, you're going to go overseas and you're going to have a lot of doubt about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to ha- you're going to be among those guys. It, it's you're not supposed to talk about it in the military. But they don't really know what they're why they're doing what they're doing. A lot of them have to, that that's why 22 of them are killing themselves every day. Right. That's why every for every soldier killed since 9/11, 5 have taken their own life. Yeah. Because because the, what we're doing overall just Ma- uh, ma- macro, what we're doing is bad, and micro, what this each of us as individuals who want to join the military who are serving, we have our ulterior motives, and and it haunts us. Yeah, well, and something uh, I've heard this, and you kind of look at the numbers just on what li- limited, you know, what I can look at, like the special forces guys, you don't have that problem, right? Uh, because. Well, it's a psychology thing. Problem of what? The suicide thing. Because they, it's a mission. Well, because they're not doing, they're not fighting the same war. They're not doing patrols. They're not, they 
are making their own decisions about who and when and where and why, and they're going to get. For the most part, I'm not. It's a very broad generalization. I'm I making. guess I just haven't seen the specific. I haven't thought to look at specifically what the like the suicide rate among special forces. Yeah, this is something again. I've heard it on interviews with special forces guy, and it was, maybe I mean if, yeah, and well, and so part of the psychological makeup of the guys that end up taking the other way out is they're not getting to make their own decisions. Right, they're going yeah. on a mission decided by whoever wherever that they they will never meet and yeah. and they don't know they don't even aren't even given the tools to articulate that uh in themselves but special forces guys for the most part get to say this one guy you know they're a little bit wild west they get to say this one guy who is a bad guy and i know because i have the intelligence that this guy that i've worked with for 20 years has put together and i trust so we're going to go get this one guy and we decide how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. And it's it's not 100 percent, but uh, I've heard. So if we had a smaller military that was mission like, you know, the, oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, the, the uh, I'd be a smaller military that's more mission oriented. That'd be a yeah. great step in the right direction. Yeah. Rather than we throw troops here, we throw troops there. We're still in Japan. Yeah. We're. St- yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we're Japan's military. Basically, yeah. South Korea's military. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say we have to be in all these countries in order to protect them, and at the same, yet at the same time, yeah. we tell them they can't have nuclear weapons. Right. Now, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want these countries to be safe. We want them to have an effective defense, don't we? Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what I thought they were going for. Right. Let South Korea build 100 nukes. Yeah. But they won't. Why? Because then they won't need us. Right. Japan won't need us. Yeah, and so, yeah, Europe won't need us, and so well, I South Korea will need us because they need somebody to buy their tablets and phones that they build. Well, I mean, but, the, the, <laughs> and I'm kind of making a joke, but yeah, militarily speaking, yeah, yeah, they don't. They have the capacity. They have the, the technical. Skills, but I don't. Yeah, I don't skills. want them to need our military. I want them to need our commerce. Yeah, you know? and sure, that's, that's free markets versus yeah, government. Yeah, exactly. Well, but to them, a lot of them, it's the same, right? It's they don't, and I'm talking about your general walking on the street, South Korean. It's just America and South Korea. And to most Americans, it's the same way. Like, yeah. uh, our presence there is intertwined somehow. Like, our military versus our commercial presence. What? Thing cut out. Is it still dead? No. Okay. Um,. I know we're probably getting over Marion's head a little. She's smarter than most kids her age, but we're still. Uh, what's but the, what's the name of your book? My my what? You had, you said you had written a is it thirty two pages? Uh yeah, uh, it's called Catherine Jack Badger's Horrifying Adventure. <laughs> wow, <laughs> she's a trip, dude. <laughs> a jack badger is an animal I created. It's a mix between a jackrabbit and a badger. Very cool. I created it on the computer. Yeah. yeah that's her. Uh, so at our school, they call. Strive. Strive. It's, it's gifted and talented. But uh, I, you're, were you homeschooled all the way through? 
Uh, up to eighth grade, and then I was at okay. a private Christian school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. In public schools, I don't, honestly, I don't know anything else, but uh, Gifted in Town is just this thing where they handpick some kids that take a test when they're younger that's not like a knowledge-based test. It's a like a analytical thinking test, supposedly. And they kind of pull them out, and they get to do some extra stuff. And my brother got into it when we were kids, and I didn't. And uh, so that makes me respect it, because my brother's way smarter than me. And uh, so she's gotten into it. And I don't know what Josie's doing. But uh, but they do some cool stuff in there. Like, they get to go on field trips. So other kids huh. don't get to go on. I got to go on a field trip to my dream college. Oh, and what is that? UT. UT? It's right there. Oh. And uh, oh, but yeah, she's she is a heck of a writer, and I really think she would make a good politician one day, and he would make a good, I don't know, beanbag. What was uh, Jimmy Carter's brother that got in all the trouble all the time? <laughs> Billy or something like was that. that? I can't. I don't. I, uh, yeah, I. I. It's before I my time. Jobs, so I know about Bill Clinton's brother. Yeah, Bill Clinton's brother too. Yeah. No, I think Jimmy. I want to say Jimmy Carter's brother was like on the campaign staff and still like was like doing weird. Uh, like had his own brand of beer that he just started because he was famous because he was on Jimmy Carter's campaign staff. Yeah. And, I know a job that Tristan would love. What? Testing video games. Yeah. Well, he'd really he'd be good at designing, but uh, graphic design. Because mm-hmm. he he can. Actually, Tristan's very creative uh, too. I don't want to just talk about Marion because uh, we just got onto talking about. But both of all of them are creative and just kind of different good. flavors. That's a. Uh, I'm actually a writer myself. Yeah. Um, I do have a book available on Amazon. Yeah. Inside the New World Order. Okay. I'm um, going to look it up if I get my stupid computer to come alive. Inside the New World Order, and... I'm working on my new book right now. Am I typing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just, yeah. I'm com- and there it is. There we go. Ooh. The plot for global enslavement. Yeah. Ooh. I write this from a... Christian's perspective. I know there are a lot of people out there who are fascinated by conspiracy and uh, a lot of Christians out there who are interested in the end times. And if you, if, if that's you, you'll love this book. And you can see the description there. Written from a Christian perspective, this book exposes the satanic powers that are steering the world towards a new dark age. In simple language, it gives the reader a blueprint for the new world order and the nefarious plans for a global currency, false messiah, and World War III. For anyone unfamiliar with the globalist agenda, this book is an excellent, excellent place to start. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. That came late after I got into the Ron Paul movement, after I got into the becoming an anarcho-capitalist. Yeah. Once you're no longer mentally dependent on the state, right. <laughs> suddenly it's like, wait a second. <laughs> you're all really crooked. Yeah. You're all really dirty. <clears throat> you're all up to things. Yeah. And, and they're could, all tied into... That was my first joke on election... On election night after it was decided, I was like, uh, uh, because, you know, I was depressed. A lot of people, not like, 
uh, Sarah Silverman level depressed, like where it just ruined my life. But uh, um, although I understand that emotion, like because they invested themselves so much in him not being president, right? Not so much her being president. Some of them did. Some of them definitely. uh, I got to say, the fact that Trump is president says to me, you know, look. This is possible. Yeah. I don't have to be an experienced politician. I don't. Yeah. I mean, look, Tony Dale's record. If, if our records ran together, he's going to annihilate me every time. Yeah. But, but that's not what's going on. Uh, I want to be real with people. I want to be open and vulnerable and be myself with people and mm-hmm. admit, look, I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't have all the answers to all of society's Dude, problems. If politicians did that. Like, like if a, you know, if all of a sudden that became the new in vogue thing, yeah. when they're like, yeah, you know what, I did some weird stuff in college, man, <laughs> yep. and and we're just saying I try to be better, I try to da da da, I try to you know, and actually talking about it, I think that could revolutionize our political process really in a long. We, After and, some time, but yeah. Reforming our society. We're a society of, of tension and paranoia with mm-hmm. each other, and we don't trust each other. And turning that around, and, and that's part of what I hope to do, is I, I'm not just looking for votes. I'm not just looking for, for cheap votes. You voted for me. I, got, I said whatever I had to to get you to vote for me, and then I'd never think of you again. Right. I don't, I don't want to do that to people. I mean, yeah. I wanna, when I meet people at rallies, when I meet people at campaigning or whatever, I want to actually get to know this person, and I actually, I actually want to know these people. And I wanna, you know, if I am elected, I want them to be able to walk into my office and not even discuss politics, just say hi. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I want that with the, the grassroots. And not only is that human, not only is that good, mm-hmm. but hey, politically, that's also good. People are not, they, most politicians run to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. They, they look for, they, and this is all in the DNC emails of the demographically driven positions or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever 50% of people believe or more, that's what we believe. That's yeah. what we run on. Yeah. yeah. And, and if it drops or, below 50%, we don't believe it anymore. Or if they think that it will just take a couple of sound bites to swing them into believing that. Yeah. Because that's a big oh, yeah, part yeah. of it. You de- you define yourself, identify yourself. Russians. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Like, nobody talks about that. Like, the right, they colluded with her. And, like, if they said, we're going to give you this information and you have to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's bad, too. <laughs> that's not. But... Nobody's saying those that they're it, fake emails. Nobody is, right. oh, is yeah. saying that there's anything incorrect in the email. Oh yeah, they're, monop- they're trying to monopolize the conversation. Yeah, and I, doing a good job of it. Yeah, I mean it is falling apart at this yeah, time. Yeah, I which hope. I'm so, yeah. I'm so glad to see. I mean, nobody's yeah. taking it seriously. Very few people are are taking it seriously. Yeah. That Russia put Donald Trump in the White House. That's yeah. I, talk about a crackpot conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, that right there. Okay, don't don't talk to me yeah. about having these crazy beliefs. Yeah, the, the and you, they, you think we've never met with Vladimir Putin oh, behind yeah. before he got elected oh, behind closed doors? I was, I was just doors. talking with yeah. the Russian diplomat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to put me in the Texas House. There you go. Yeah. Well, you're colluding. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. 
It's so ridiculous. It's and it is. It's they yeah. are simplifying it to like a comic book movie simple plot. Yeah, and because to of, sell, and and that's what a lot of their followers. That's the level they think at. Unfortunately, right? They just they've done nothing but TV and video games their whole mm-hmm. life, and that's the, the TV, video games, and public school. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just it's sad. Frankly, I just look at it. It's sad. It's the mob mentality thing, too. And it's so like the more people you get involved in a thought process, the simpler it gets, the more two dimensional the thought process gets. Well, what what I was going to say about like the the lowest common denominator Mm -hmm. is that they run to that that two dimensional or one dimensional thinking and they're not realizing that. If you want to go for the lowest common denominator, run to the fact that we're all people with ideas and ambitions, but also hurts and bitterness and anger that kind of ties all that up. And we we feel the weight of society around us, and, and there's a battle between our inner selves... And with society, mm-hmm. and that in the era of liberty, we can undo a lot of that tension. We can make a society that's more in tune with the individual desires to be creative, to have relationships, uh, to be vulnerable, uh, to be calm <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in society. And that's, that's the common denominator that I want to look for. That's yeah. the common denominator that I want to run to, is just we're all people in this together. Yeah. Yep. All right, children. Y'all haven't participated enough, in my opinion. So please get on the microphone. So what was the guy's name? You said Adam. Adam Kokesh. Okay. He's running for president in 2020. How do you spell Kokesh? K-O-K-E-S-H. Okay. Polish? Yes. Um, I grew up around a uh, near a bunch of Polish, like mostly it was Czechoslovakian, but there was also some Polish. Jewish, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, I just the letter K for some reason I think like definitely Eastern. Eastern, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that it matters. It's just I like seeing where different spellings yeah. come from. All right, Marion, do you have any questions or thoughts? Uh, we're talking about politics, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, go ahead. Uh, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> All right. How about you try to think of something, chill with your book. You, Tristan, wake up, boy. I had to drag Tristan out of bed this morning. He, he, he dragged me out of bed? Tristan. Excuse me, I'm working on my book, Sunnydale Slaughterer. No, oh, yeah, she's writing a murder mystery book. Um, stop with the book. Ooh. Participate. So, I guess let's do this. Let's you want to let's ask them questions about politics because I don't. That could maybe give us an idea. Like, what do you think the purpose of a politician is? Like, what do you think a president's job is? I, I don't know if any other politician you really would know about. Um, well, I think a good president 
um, needs, uh, I don't really know what they do, but. Well, that's what I'm asking. I, I, I'm, there's no wrong answer. I'm just wanting to know kind of your level of awareness. If you were president, what would you do? Well, I would, um, take votes for from the people if, uh, like, if they wanted a bridge or not or something like that, or, like, raise money to build, to build, um, schools or important buildings like that, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, at least you are. At least you're asking them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, like the train that we have. You would that, be much better than most presidents. Yeah. So you're actually too young to really. You know, the train here in Austin. Uh, so Austin, the people of Austin voted against that train three times, huh. and the city just went ahead and did it. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, Tristan, what do you think a president is or should do? Get on the mic. A a president is, like, supposed... Or any other politician, if you want to... Well... I don't know what a politician is. They're... Politicians are broken. I'm using that word a little bit incorrectly, but... I'm using it as a blanket word when I shouldn't. Uh, Uh... Thinking, go away. Come on, what do you got? Do you need some coffee, Tristan? I'm awake. You don't look like it. Um, so think about, like, 4-H club. Mm-hmm. The president of the club. You know, the guy that stands in front of the meeting, every meeting. Okay, what a president is supposed to do is he's supposed to keep everything running smoothly, and if anybody needs help, or some with something they're supposed to help with if somebody needs like they need to get something passed so they can get money to get something that they need or to like run vote elections for things and ask the people what they want like what Marion said and be a f- face that people can look to for help. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's you did pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like it when you turn your brain on for the twenty seconds a day. As if I could define libertarianism, it would be the belief that the only purpose of law should be to protect life and property. Yeah. Which and I would point to the Declaration of Independence as, you know, the governments are established among men to Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, deriving their just rule from the consent of the governed. And um, I would even point to Romans 13 and say, hey, what, is it, what does the Bible say that uh, the purpose of the rule is it's to be a terror to evil and not to good? That's the part a lot of people miss. A lot of people know, let everyone be subject, but they leave out the part of, yeah, but there's a, there's a boundary that's also placed on the governing authorities themselves Uh, if they go outside of that parameter and they become the criminals or the terrorists they're outside the parameters and it's no longer incumbent on anyone to submit to them yeah you know there's uh 
uh, I could, we could get into, you and I could get into a hardcore like political science, sure. like get into like starting a just straight up anarchy and moving towards, uh, but uh, yeah, and I would love and. I don't know. You saying that made me think about all these cool conversations we could get into. Yeah. And uh, and I really want, like, I want to, but here's here's something I, I think would be simple enough. Yeah. Right here. Uh, part of what I'm running on is going to be no. free education for all. Yeah. Now, how does a libertarian run, right. on, run on such a socialist sounding platform? It's and and not just that. And not just like free college or whatever. I'm talking kindergarten through a doctorate, everyone free of charge at your own pace. How, how on earth can I promise that kind of thing? Well, actually, it's already been done. Open courseware programs such as the Khan Academy, MIT, uh, are complete education programs. MIT has like, they were the first major institution to do it. They have like, I can't remember how many hundreds or thousands of programs they have. There are full education programs mm-hmm. available online, homework, quizzes, everything. So why aren't more people using them? They're not accredited. Yeah. So you so literally with the swipe of a pen, you give them that accreditation. And all of a sudden, everybody can have whatever education they want free of charge. We Overnight, we do what the socialists haven't done in 100 years. Yeah. A world-class education for everyone. Uh, okay. I mean, I like that idea. Uh, obviously, that is a simplified version. I'm, you know, because there's, uh, and I'm putting words in your mouth, I guess. But like, there's to make that work in the long term, there'd be something involved with. Stop doing that. Uh, it's herding cats kind of thing, but. Uh, like updating it because of course it has to be like those documents have to be added to and amended and blah 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 as time goes on and somebody has to do that um but of course that wouldn't necessarily be your job to figure out sure uh but yeah that's a cool idea Uh, um what would you think about that that'd be cool on some levels but i like like, trade-based uh too like i'm sure that i'm i'm sure that would take off as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sounds like they would really go together. I, I I'm letting the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. I can't predict where the market will go, but I'm sure like um talent based, trade based kind of things mm-hmm. will become much more prominent than like say getting a bachelor's degree. But if you want that, hey that's available to you as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's giving the best thing we can do to undermine state tyranny is to give alternatives that work better private free market alternatives that work better and so that's something that i've been trying to work through okay if we can do that with education how might we be able to do that with say healthcare or security or even the border or or whatever i and in those areas i don't quite know yet but um how can we give legal recognition to state alternatives and so that people are given the option, you can do this horribly inefficient bureaucratic system mm-hmm. or you can go with the private alternative and it's up to you. And we don't, ha- we don't have to touch the state authority. The bureau- we, don't have to do- we don't have to change one thing about the bureaucracy. We just 
give recognition to the alternative, and the rest will work itself out. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's pretty cool. What do you think about that, boy? Don't nod at the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've only done a hundred podcasts. Really? No. So, 60s, I think, somewhere in the 60s. But, uh, but yeah, that, um, that's not so like, uh, you know, Bernie, Bernie's version of the free education. Yeah. I mean, it sounds just if you're like their age, it's like, okay, cool. You know, because yeah. you hear like raising the minimum wage. And, yeah, yeah. Like they, they hear me whining about how much college is going to cost it when, if and when on them going to college. And uh, they're like, oh, well, it's going to be free. Well, yeah, but it'll if it's free to you, it's free to everybody, except I got to pay for it and raise taxes eventually. But it's free to everybody. And then so everybody has a bachelor's degree. So a bachelor's degree is worthless, you yeah. know, and uh, so, yeah. So Tristan and I have had these conversations more than uh, Marion. So, Marion, look at me. So what if you what would you think if you grew up and you went to all the work to go to college and get a degree and then you got out of college and you wanted a really good job and whatever you went to get educated for and all of a sudden everybody had the same degree that you had and you, like, and you couldn't get the job yeah there's only so say there's only uh, you wanted to be uh something where there's only five of those jobs and all of a sudden there's 3,000 people that have the same qualifications you do. So, and they couldn't get the job. Yeah. What would, after you went to, you know, all the years of high school, four years of college, probably graduate school, what would you think about that? Um, I would feel pretty upset. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a proper reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know, so I've seen a lot of like uh this generation uh moving the other way, like deciding it's not worth college isn't worth it. It costs yeah. a lot of money and everybody I know that has a degree everybody almost everybody. It's pretty much like they're not working in the field. They went to it's school. It's pretty much them. nurses and teachers. Yeah. Unless you're doing that, yeah. you're not in the. I mean, I have yeah. a. And why the hell would you go to school to be a, like teachers make nothing, <laughs> dude? Like that. You're talk not about pay your student loan debt. Yeah. That's talk for about sure. a really bad ROI. Like nurse, maybe. Yeah. Like you really got to feel the drive to be a teacher. Like you really yeah. got. Yeah. And uh, but. Uh, but even then, you have like the private alternatives. Again, you yeah. have. You can go into, you can work at a private school. You can, mm-hmm. you don't need the degree there, and you don't have to go through the big blob of the teachers' unions. Yeah. And just all the you know, horrible stuff that goes on there. I mean, we, we think the IRS yeah, yeah, is corrupt. I mean, the yeah, d- right. Department of Education is just as bad. Dude, it's so nuts. Yeah. I, I most, love, I can't convince my mom that she's a teacher. people who enjoy. Funny story. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Most people that actually enjoy being a teacher usually aren't teachers for the money. It's because they like children. You hope. Who yes. likes children? But, but there are some. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> some. You can get out that door. 
Maybe we don't need to do that. Right. I mean, it's just some horrible stories that have come out of public schools of teachers who are just there for the money. They're just yep. there for the pension. And they're there because they get summer off and, and good and health, yeah, yeah, yeah. And health and insurance. And everybody's like, oh, you're a teacher. That's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And they're just, I mean, I can't even get into it on yeah. air here. I mean, just the horrible things they will say, horrible things that they will do. Um, and, they, and we have to wonder why kids are struggling in adulthood. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's no... It's no shock. The funny story is that I talked to a uh, charter school, the head of a charter school, about the open courseware mm -hmm. program, and I, I I went into it knowing that you know they're not going to like my idea because yeah, it right. takes away everything from them. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, open sourceware. That's a thing online already. You didn't know that. I'm like, no, no, no. Open courseware. Like I was trying, I was trying mm -hmm. to explain. She thought I said open sourceware. Right, right, right. And yeah. I'm like, no, open courseware is. And then I explained, you know, you get the free education, you get the free doctorate. It's all online, and it, you know, it's voluntary. And and she's like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> and like the whole, I mean, you could see this lady. You could see this lady is a director of a school. Cause, right. Because I mean, she's she was probably bullied. In school, bullied as a child, and now she's back to get people. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> I wouldn't hire anyone. I have three PhDs. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, right. I wouldn't hire anyone with an online PhD, even though that's been a thing probably since the 90s. Yeah. Online, online education. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are doing online education. The difference is they're paying for it now. Yeah. She's mad. She's mad about people getting their, their free PhDs online. I had to work so hard and I've yeah. come so long to get up here on top where I'm at. Oh, And she, you know, she's going to come out and say that I'm against the children and that right, yeah. I, I hate education and I'm trying to end education and make the children illiterate when I'm doing the exact opposite yeah. of that. Well, but, like a big problem in, and this is a very, I'm getting into micro versus as opposed to macro, but I say that it applies to a ton of teachers. I'm saying, well, when you were in college, how many professors did you have that taught out of the same textbook that they learned from when they went to college? Uh, Probably a lot. I know I it was almost a hundred percent for me. And I'm like, really, nobody's had new thoughts on these subjects since you went to school thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's updated any of this. I mean, the best education I've ever gotten. Are professors like. Teachers, yeah, teachers. teachers. Basically, college. college. Basically, college teachers. Yeah, it's more of just a fancy title than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but like the best education I've ever gotten, the best knowledge about how the world works did not come from school. Mm -hmm. It came from Ron Paul and Alex Jones and mm -hmm. all of these alternatives that came forward saying, "No, look, look at this. Yeah. You know, what they're saying is completely false. Look at these. Look, I mean, look. You can follow these statistics exactly." When they do these things, it's entirely predictable. They slightly increase the enforcement of the drug war, and the violent crime rate in America slightly goes up. And it's not a coincidence. And it happens multiple times. Yeah. You crack down on the gangs, that starts a war. That starts turf wars in the, in the underworld. Mm. And that isn't good. And that was one of the first things I saw. I was like, wow. Wow, that's, that's really wild. I, I, there must be more to this. And that yeah. was part of, like, getting into and then finding out, like, you know, years prior to the 2008 crash, 
like all the all the Austrian economists were saying, there's a crash coming, there's a crash coming, it's going to be big, the housing market, it's not sustainable, and then, boom, it happens. And the establishment comes out and says, nobody saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Total lies. Total lies. Yeah. And, and, and that, it was, all, and like I said, a whole bunch of things crescendoed at once. Whoa. Yeah. Like, wow. I want to know more. I want to know everything. I want to find out how the world works. <laughs> and then I just, you know, I've just thrown myself in and I haven't looked back and I am, yeah. I am, I'm happy. I'm pleased. And I, I, and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Nice. No matter right. what happens. Good. That's cool. Mary, stop your making noise on the mic. When you touch this thing, it makes noise on the mic. <laughs> touch it a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's see. Yay. Tristan, quit. Let's touch my stuff. Quit with the cards. Participate in the podcast. You want to do a card trick for the radio we have no audience? Idea. I have no idea what we're even talking about except college. That's it. That's all I know right now. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, we could get into, like, laying all that up, but that would take forever. Um, let's see. We can sit here and spitball, and I can edit it out, because, like, I do want to... We've okay. covered a lot. I think we've had some really cool conversations, and we've actually engaged them a little bit. Uh, I was afraid we weren't going to at all. I think when uh, uh, when Matthew was here, we ran into that. Of course, we were very... Tristan and I were brand new to podcasting and we're not much better at it now but um uh, <laughs> give me those cards like dove. quit splitting up my cards what'll be the like uh, typical like audience so i don't know uh nobody gives me feedback like i see all the statistics there's a decent amount of people downloading downloading it all the time uh but i and I can see like where like there's a lot of people in Montana and places like that. So I'm guessing it's mostly hunters. Huh. Mom, um, hmm? I believe mom listens. Grandma, grandma tries to, but she has no idea how to use her phone. But no, but none of them give us feedback online for whatever reason. Um, and you know we don't appeal like you know like a lot of podcasters when they get to the end they'll be like please talk like we give them that information say we have facebook blah 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 uh but we don't really like like every 15th podcast will be like hey could y'all tell us about and they never do i don't under i don't know uh but maybe they download it and don't actually listen i i mean that's possible i don't know how any of that works too and could be we do ours through squarespace and they kind of are not great at uh, forwarding analytics um, like I can see some uh, the like I can see people that download it directly, and there's a decent amount of those people, but I can't see any of uh, so like iTunes is where most people you would think would get it, and I know and the few people I have run into that listen to it, that's where they listen to it is iTunes, but I don't see that analytics. Mm. Uh, that Squarespace doesn't have a way to get that. Um, okay. So, and you get, like, I think you really need to be one of the big podcasts to even be able to ask Apple for that. Like, you know, a Mark Marin, Joe Rogan level podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I don't, yeah, like we're trying to figure it out, but we, this is our third year doing it and it's wow. not getting more transparent. 
It's like I, I'm seeing little things. I'm understanding a little more every now and then, but I really can't figure out what why we're not seeing feedback from the people that are listening to it. Maybe uh, they do, but we just can't find it. Like, no, it would it would be on like our Twitter feed or our, um, yeah, our Twitter. Yeah, and yeah, we got Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and then the website, um, which the website's mostly just the podcast. Like, uh-huh. it's just a feed. Um, and the, there, we have a store that's really just my friends. Uh, my friend sells these uh, resistance bands. Workout, they're hanging over there somewhere. Do we have, do we have any? Mer- and so it's we're not actually like getting paid for it. It's what we it's our ads that we do, but it's really just a. Uh, the way we do it is it's for the kids to practice writing ad copy uh, and have fun with it. And it's good. Do we have like merch yet? We do not have merch and we are probably not going to since we decided not to monetize. Because if we do start selling merch, then I have to figure out how to set you guys up as uh, being actors and uh, y'all have to pay taxes and stuff. It gets real interesting. I learned about tax. In class, like all the different types of taxes. What they tell you? Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, they told. Sort of flip your. They told they, t- they taught us um, like uh, about taxes can be like the main tax that I remember was when people buy stuff at the store they pay a little extra money to the government and that's called taxes in, in texas yeah that's texas sales, tax. sales tax yeah yeah we texas brags about having no state income tax we yeah. have the highest sales tax right in the nation yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and when she was t- teaching us about tax she also taught us about like the government and mayor and president and stuff. I do like the model of sales tax more than income tax because then every, you know criminals have to pay it. Everybody uh-huh. has to pay it. But if you're but that's in a vacuum where you're talking about just those two. Yeah. She also told us how we can like participate, like stay informed and vote. Yeah, well, that's what we're talking about, so... And we, like, um, whenever we learn about something that's really super important, we've only done it twice, though. I think it's when we learn about something really super-duper important. Um, She'll give us these little papers, and we fold them in half, and it'll have photos or writing, like, it'll... Kind of piece of paper and then fold it in half, and then it'll have three three squares on the half that we actually write on. And like the one we learned about um, taxes, it said mayor, governor, and president. And we cut like there was bold lines between them, and we cut those. And then on the little flabs that we had created, um. We, like, wrote their names and what they do and stuff. Do you remember any of that? Any of what? 
what? What they do. do you, who's the mayor? Yeah. I forgot. They mayor of what? We don't have one in Liberty, Liberty Hill. Hill. Yeah. Yeah. We have a mayor? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking mayor of Boston. Yeah, we're, we live in Liberty Hill. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you the mayor of Boston, come to think of it. Yeah, I used to could. I know it's Governor Abbott and, of course, President Trump. Yeah. Um, um, you know what? Well, I have the internet. They, and she was also talking about, like, police and what taxes pay for. Like, and um, Liberty Hill, we have a foundation park. She showed us pictures of that. Well, let me ask you. Okay, let me see if this gets anywhere. This is just kind of spitballing. Okay, Steve I know Adler? that name, Steve Adler. Who is this dude? He's the mayor of Austin. Oh. Um. He's not. The mayor of Liberty Hill is a female. It's got to be a Democrat, right? I'm in, in Austin. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah probably. Even if he's a Republican, he'd be a very Democrat Republican. He'd be a moderate, yeah. mod- Democrat or a moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um. She also showed us pictures of like Connie Fuller. The- yes, that's it. That's the mayor of Liberty Hill. Mayor Connor. Good to know. And um, she showed us pictures of the fire department. I thought we just had like a board of City people that yeah. decided what decorations to put up. And and um. And she showed us, like, street lights. Taxes pay for those as well. Mm-hmm. And she showed us the fire department, Foundation Park. So check this out. The library, I believe. So if, let's say you had a job, right? Uh, okay. Look at me. And you went to work every day, and you worked all day long, and you couldn't see your kids, you couldn't see anybody in your family until you got done doing this job, and you got a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. What would you think if somebody came in and said, you have to give, you have neighbors that are getting, uh, they have the flu, and somebody came in and held and said, you have to pay for that family that you don't know, to get a flu shot or you go to jail. Is that a decent way of putting it? Yeah. So okay. what's the question here? What would how would you feel if you got you worked hard, you got that paycheck and someone came along and said you have to give me a third of that or half of it and if you don't I'm going to put you in jail. Well, um I would feel kind of upset that I worked so hard and I had to give up my money, but I would also feel okay with helping another family. But what if you got to, you were given these options. Uh, Let's say at birth, somebody said pick A or B. And A is a life where you work a job and the government makes you give them that money to distribute to other families. And B is a life where you get to choose which family you want to help and win. Which would you choose? With your money. Between my family? No, look at me. Or... Marion, this isn't that complicated. So, in your life... (laughs) I'm... People. (laughs) (laughs) If you got got to work a job, would you rather the government take a, a third or half of that money... 
and or would you rather have a job where you can keep all of your money and if you want to give that if you want to give some to your neighbor you can do that if you want to and you can choose which neighbor you want to give it to and when and, and how, how much. much yeah and what for um well there isn't a wrong answer yeah okay, go ahead yeah Good job. <laughs> yeah, you win. Good job. Now. Um, I was relying there as a right answer, and you said it. Now. Now. Um, if the question was. I've actually never. Um, like, if there was two families who. My family and another family. Um. <laughs> Like, you're supposed to put others before yourself. And so, if your family is needing to be saved and another family is needing to be saved, does that mean you save the other family first or your family? You would have to be in that situation and make the call in that situation. Um, Because you're saying it in very general terms, and it depends. Like, if you're... Let's say if you're in a situation where your family, like, you're saying, like, your son wants five bucks. If you have $10 and your son wants five bucks for candy and your neighbor needs 10 bucks to cure their kid of cancer... (laughs) You should probably you should probably go help, help your probably help your neighbor out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you're saying, like it depends on the situation. But I'm in like in a fire situ- situation or something like that. Well, get yours out first because yeah. that's realistic, and you're closer to them. Have you ever, have you ever flown on an airplane before? No, I have not. Okay, the first I've been time on a train. <laughs> first time you fly on an airplane, they're going to tell you in the event of. They lose pressure in the cabin. Oxygen masks come down from the ceiling, and you have to put on an oxygen mask. And they always tell you, secure yours first before some, helping someone out. And that's the approach I, I take to emergency situations. I don't think it's selfish to make sure that, you know, you're, you know, able to help people. No. Well, firefighters <laughs> do it. Uh, Firefighter, yeah. They have to take care of themselves first to make sure that they're going to be safe because if they get hurt, who's going to help the people? Right. True. You know, that's like Blake. When Blake has to go fight a fire. That's they have to make sure that they bring all their protective equipment. Exactly. Like, they have like the fire retardant clothes, the helmets, the, yeah. the breathing masks. Because if they walk in there naked and they get burned to death, those people are all going to die. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And all, but also in in a house in a situation where there's two houses next to each other, 
and they're both on fire, and you're not going to run past your sleeping family to wake up their family. That's, yeah, that's not realistic. So, so yeah, wake up yours, then try to wake up theirs, assuming they're not already beef jerky. They wouldn't be beef jerky, they would be bacon. Because beef jerky is dehydrated, they would be cooked. Well, it's probably pretty dry in a house on fire. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Oh, this all yeah. this all I just thought of this. This will appeal to the hunters. Okay. Um, one thing, one measure I do want to push for, another thing I'm writing on. Of course, gun rights. Right. I favor constitutional carry. I favor um, you know, pretty much the only only time the law should get involved. If you actually use a weapon in an act of violence, let's punish the act of violence. Mm-hmm. That's and then we don't have any laws that confront the weapons themselves. That's that's how I feel about it. Also, uh, something I know will definitely appeal to a lot of people in Austin, a lot of people who have to pay high property taxes, is that what I, something I want to see is that um, any purchase of firearms, ammunition, or firearms training from a licensed provider of those goods and services will um, qualify as a property tax write-off up to the amount of $5,000. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. So you get, uh, you get your property tax bill, and it's... It, for Austinites, it's usually mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. So you get yeah. whatever, $3,000 or $4,000, you can give your money to some faceless bureaucracy, or mm-hmm. you can go buy, I guess it'd be like six or eight guns. Right, yeah, Or yeah, you yeah. can buy two or three guns and a bunch of ammo and go to the gun range. and you, The possibilities yeah. are endless, open themselves up. Uh, when that kind of thing happens. And, and that's something I'm sure the gun lobby, and I know gun owners <laughs> in general. Be fans of, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're going to jump on that right away. Yeah. When um, you archery equipment, yeah. Because, uh, dude, bow hunting is so expensive. Like, there's. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That, I know. have to start somewhere. No, I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, well, because then you're talking about a retail level, right? So it would be easy to throw it all in together because we already have uh, tax. Um, programs, whatever, uh, that keep track of those together is the reason I'm uh, saying that because uh, we on the federal level we have Pittman Robertson and Johnson Dingle, and then in Texas specific we have uh, I can't remember I don't know the names of them, but uh, that where we tax uh, arch hunting tackle basically wow. guns ammo, uh, but it was a it's. Uh, hunters got together and decided they wanted to do that when all the animals were almost gone. Because, you know, in 1920, there were almost no whitetail left. There were all, and hunters got together and decide, and elected people that would tax things that only at the time only they bought. Like, they want, they were like, you know, this is our thing that we want. And it's so, uh, and it, and they, it, so it's kind of cool. It's like, a, that's, uh, that's no. another example of government being called in to solve a problem that it caused in the first place. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, how how soon do you think that cows are going to go extinct? Uh, Cow? Oh yeah, never. Cow? I mean, never. it would be cattle. Yeah. Horses. They're, turkeys, chickens. They're very very far. Well, from domestic that. turkeys. Do- Wild yeah. turkeys were almost gone. 
that yeah. that's one of the and it, yeah. and this is those taxes are specific to wildlife, not agriculture. Not sure, domestic. sure, but like those are not going to go cattle are not going to go extinct, right? Because they're owned because they're privately owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are financially invested in them, and so there's the incentive to breed them to increase the quantity of them, and so you make more money. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a cow that does not belong to anybody. Yeah, you don't see any wild True. cows or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have deer farms. We have elk farms. Um, were we to privatize animals, basically? Privatize land ownership, privatize uh, nature. Um, yeah. Set that would give somebody a financial incentive in it, and I absolutely believe, uh, like up in Colorado or whatever, here in Texas, we would basically have hunting reservations. Well, we have them already. And, and I here's I I'm gonna disagree with you on this, and because I'm seen the negative influences, because that's where chronic wasting disease came from, which is this uh it's kind of like uh, mad cow syndrome, but it's for cervids, so like deer, elk, mule deer. And it happens because of hunting reservations, because um, they're they're not they don't uh, biophysically they can't be that cl- in close quarters like that without getting this weird disease. And uh, and uh, there I mean it's a lot more complicated. I'm throwing that out there as like one thing, uh, but it's uh, but I like uh, it is one thing that I I do like being a public resource is the wildlife. Um, because I just, I've seen a lot of negative with the private versions of it, uh, where like the deer aren't allowed to be deer basically. And, uh, they turn into, it's like cattle. It's like, uh, so it's not hunting, right? Like as a sportsman, I don't want to hunt a, you know, uh, a deer that was raised in a fence and hand fed. (laughs) So there's, but I see both sides of that argument, you know? Because uh, I understand, like, the guys that do own the, it's they're called high fence places, is what you usually call them in Texas and uh, uh, one, a couple other states. And that they're really big in Africa. They actually apparently are a very good conservation tool in Africa, but because they have ones that are like, you know, uh, millions of acres. That's, that that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Is and, covering, like, a huge if we had if you have something like that that covers a huge area yeah and they basically never see the borders yeah yeah uh, I've heard good versions of that it would that, that's the kind of thing that that's yeah. what I'm thinking that's you know private hunting grounds yeah. where you can have large animals wandering and they mm-hmm. don't realize they're on a gaming reserve mm-hmm. and and you can have large groups of them and you can have hunting and you have hunting where you know you're not buying you two white tail you're you're good for two white tail bucks yeah this season you can go and you can pay you, you'd have to pay a lot but you you can do 10 if you yeah, want to right and and we could like here in north america in the united states we could have like you know giraffe and rhino and elephant hunting reserves yeah and we have them you could go on yeah. safari here in the united you states you know there's more lions, tigers tigers in texas than there are in india there no there's more tigers in private collections in te- live tigers in private collections in Texas than all the rest of the world combined. Really? <laughs> yeah. Texas was a place in like the turn of the like 18 uh, turn of the 19th century 
uh, to the 20th century, uh, Texas was a place where uh, other countries were like, if something was being poached out of existence, they would send it to Texas, like Africa, India, uh, because there was you know, all these cattle barons that had all this money and all this land and uh. like spending it on silly things like tigers and, uh, and, uh, uh, giraffes and rhino. So there's, yeah, Texas is a very entry. That's, uh, we were on a, he drew tags on a place that Texas Parks and Wildlife runs called the Chaparral, uh, wildlife management area. And it's all high fence. And was, we didn't know that until we got there. It was kind of not fun, but, there are African warthogs on there because wow. they got loose from somebody's private collection and dug under the fence and got into their their land. Wow. And uh, taxes. There you go. I don't, <laughs> you're a goofball. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Erase it. Yeah. Marion has written on the board taxes. Now she's <laughs> erasing it with her sleeve. Gone. Taxes mm-hmm. gone. Um Looking to the... Yeah, we got kind of in the weeds there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Look, looking to the, the governorship, mm-hmm. um, I've talked to two... Is it Kathy Glass and Corey Watkins are the two libertarian candidates who I know have declared. Apparently there are five. I don't know who the other three are. For the House? For the... For governor. Oh, okay. All right. Corey, uh, Corey Watkins... We could use a different governor. Yeah, yeah, we could. Uh, Corey Watkins... Um, I've met him in person, and I gotta say, he's just the most genuine guy I've ever met. Is it EY? Corey, uh, I believe so. Corey. If I could type. Watkins. Let's do this. And apparently he has held office before. Apparently he defeated a Republican. That, that name sounds familiar. Corey Watkins, running back. Was he a running back? No. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a different court. Yeah. Yeah. The flag, Corey Watkins. Apparently, that guy's very popular. Yes, Corey Watkins, governor. Oh, K.O. Oh, uh, okay. Racist tweet. Oh, well, of course, Google put that at the top. Of to course, it did. Him. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like, okay, so like, um, 2011, he said he said something racist in a tweet. He has since disavowed it. Is yeah. And so okay, so moving along. Right. And um, let's see. Yeah, it's trying to play. Does he not have a website active yet? Man, looks like Google hates him. Yeah. Um, right. I've run into that with uh, uh, libertarian candidates before, like where wow. you search for them and their website will be like, like way down or on the second page. Yeah. yeah, and who goes to the second page on Google? Yeah, yeah, that's huh. So Corey, um, great guy, genuine guy, and he's running for governor. Uh, wants to get taxes eventually down to zero. Yeah. I like out. that. There we go. If I spell his name right, it works better. I can't blame <laughs> Google 100%. It's operator error. ID 10T. We all seek freedom. Let's make it a reality. Find out how. There you go. Oh. What was that? That's. That's Corey. Right here. Oh, taxation and stuff. 
I know. I've, see, I've seen that video many times. The, the guy at the football game, or the guy at the uh, baseball game. Yeah. He's got the taxation and stuff shirt on. Isn't <laughs> that's that is Corey. That's Corey. That's funny. All right. That's hilarious. I saw that like two or three years ago. That I mean, really looks like him, and that's yeah. And, so uh, I think they're. I think he's using Squarespace or something too. He's on. Um, All right. Cool. So K O R Y Watkins. Corey Watkins for Texas Governor. Love Freedom Innovation. Yes. Good guy. Uh, seemed very genuine and uh, definitely wants to take Texas in that direction of liberty. And um, Catholic Glass also seems like a decent kind of. I think I'm gonna, I, at this point I will probably go in for Corey. But if, if it ends up being Kathy. Um, I, she seems like a, a good lady. Good for option job. too. All right. Yeah, firearms freedoms. Yeah, you can see their firearms freedoms. And, Kathy, what? Uh, Kathy Glass. She ran. I think she ran in twenty twelve as well. Yeah, Kathy Glass for Texas government. Vision. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vision, plan, guts. I like it. <laughs> that's that's new. Mm-hmm. She's down now. Kathy Glass. Oh. Yeah, I remember. I I can't remember. But I've seen like some of these promotional images before, so I looked into her at some point. Yeah. Now. There was recently a um, a libertarian got a city commissioner position in Iowa recently with seventy percent right, of yeah. the vote. Oh wow! Yeah, All right. he won in a landslide. We have yeah. there are other libertarian state representatives. Yeah, there's uh, I can't remember his name, but there's one, I know there's one in New Hampshire. There's Nevada, Nebraska, and New Hampshire. I think. Yeah. That there's like five or seven libertarian state reps, and that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And so I have no, I harbor no illusions that I don't have an uphill battle. That I'm not the underdog to the underdog. Right, right. right. And uh, this is going to be a big climb upward, and um, but I I intend to bring the message of liberty and the the legal alternatives. Uh, I guess legalizing the alternative mm-hmm. right, <laughs> is right, going to be ba- yeah. the basic premise of uh, being in office, of, of running for office. And um, I, I, I hope that message and being genuine, being real and being open about who I am as a person and mistakes I've made and uh, hearts that I've had and go, looking forward um, Wanting to be a better person and find the truth, and hoping that that the, the message of truth with a genuine personality is enough to to hit the zeitgeist mm-hmm. and to to see those headlines and I and to never stop imagining those headlines. Uh, libertarian wins house seat in shocking upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, Parks that'd vi- be cool. Parks victory shocks <laughs> District One Thirty Six. Those headlines and, and and knowing that that's possible. Yeah. I, I, if I've got a two percent chance of winning, that's better than Trump. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so you're 
You said 136? Yeah, District 136. Um, Oh, I misspelled Texas. Oh, I just know my bad typing. Uh, Currently, Tony Dale. I think he got. I think, I think he first got elected in two thousand and ten. What's Texas Journey? Yeah, I don't know if it'll show the district. There's. Yep. There's, I, was, I was looking for a map. There we go. Ooh, that's an unfortunate haircut there, Tony Dale, former Ooh, military yeah. officer. High and tight. So, yeah, so we're outside of that. Right. So you can see mostly like Leander, Cedar Park, and then part of Austin. North, yeah, North Austin. And like shavings of Round Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we're at right now is inside. So where I work is inside of All right. the district. And so my I, mom. I'd love to work on your property taxes. <laughs> Eventually, we'll have the website up and going, and we'll have. So even people who believe in this message. You know, people all over Texas, mm-hmm. you know, should should support this. Should support you know, legalizing the alternative. Yeah. And uh, you should do a podcast, maybe. like a weekly half hour, like a fireside chat podcast. And uh, you know, because if it's only like a half hour and you just have this stuff kind of set up where it's easy to just turn on a mic, maybe. it's real easy to kick out there. And you can use your website. Uh, you probably have somebody that knows it better than I do. I just use like the very user friendly. Uh, I need someone who can set up a website. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I did Squarespace. So easy. I just. It's like setting up a Facebook page. I and I just, I need someone who has a, like if someone who has set up a page before because I don't uh, really know what I'm doing. That's, I can look into it. That's what I'm, I'm I, looking for. I definitely. My guys that are really good at it don't live in Texas, uh, like. My the best guy I know that's awesome at it lives be, in I'd Utah. Willing to pay him, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'd have to find. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd ask what I would end up doing is asking him if he knows somebody here because you really want, in my experience, if you're getting somebody to set up a website, you want somebody you can, like a lot of people do it remotely, and if that works for your model, just how you behave that that's cool uh i'm not good at that i like having somebody i can yell at or whatever actually face to face and uh but the but i'll yeah i can ask around and uh see if i can find someone because i know a lot of people in that are are good at that okay Uh, and um i am not (laughs) um i am good at putting people together though that was when i used to be in the filmmaking a lot and that's one thing i was really good at was building a team um uh so yeah we uh i'll find you something because that's uh, but yeah dude uh, that's something i think when especially with your when you're talking about like being honest with the electorate and in ways that politicians generally are not i think a podcast or something like their youtube channel uh would uh be a good tool yeah for that um getting your message out there and then, you know, you'd have to put together, like, a budget, advertising budget and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And that's but. when, you know, because it's, because, like, campaign donations, like, that's complicated. Yeah. Taking that and doing all the records and everything and getting the records of who gave you what and, yeah. like, 
You need an accountant, probably, and a lawyer. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's like someone can accuse you, and mm-hmm. that can undermine your yeah, campaign, everything. even though that's a, it can be a false accusation. Yeah. And Tony Dale doesn't seem like that kind of guy. I don't right, know who right. the Democrat running will be. Well, it doesn't even have to be Tony Dale. It yeah. could be Someone somebody in. that's on his side that he's not even interfacing with. Yeah, could be. You know? and oh. Maybe, but... Um, there's um, one thing. Uh, Texas now has three pot shops. Yeah, I saw the Chronicle and, last week. Yeah, and so because of CBD oil. Yeah, they're licensed marijuana growers and distributors, and so for people with epilepsy, you can get the CBD oil in Texas, yeah. and so. Which is a step and a small step in the right direction. It's a toe in the right yeah. direction, basically, Dude, and, so, and that's gonna be. That's the only way we're gonna win the yeah. drug war is to so is for us citizens yeah. <laughs> monetizing against militarization of the drug war. Yes, so there's that's actually, an awkward there is, way of putting it. <laughs> there is a pot shop in Austin. Yeah, there is a pot shop in South Austin. Yeah, and just, I I'm definitely gonna be in communication with them and mm-hmm. definitely saying yeah, what can we do to like get this open to the public. Our next door neighbor, I call him Cheech. Uh, uh, he's the, a really sweet guy who's a thousand years old. He sells uh, uh, hydroponics. Or not, not, no. That's wrong. I'm using the wrong word. Uh, the, whatever, the light, grow lights. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what's the word I'm looking UV? for? UV? Eh, whatever. He I sells grow lights. And, uh, uh, and it's funny because, like, when we first moved into this space, uh, he was my uh, next door. My office partner uh, ran into him because we get each other's mail a lot. And, you know, and he the guy was like, yeah, you know, I sell grow lights and stuff. Like, people always think it's for weed, but, you know, you can grow tomatoes in your apartment and blah, 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 while he's wearing... A shirt for some big uh, pot festival in Colorado. That's funny. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we're. But you know, I can understand being scared that yeah. somebody in Leander, Texas, is going to have a uninformed <laughs> opinion yeah. on marijuana. And but like, like everyone here is pretty. Like literally, like uh, we all voted. Everybody that's stationed in this office voted libertarian uh-huh. last year, and I it's. I've been lucky in that. That's why it's weird to me when I see the results in so few people across the world. Because in my little microcosm, yeah, there's a lot more open-minded thought. On, and because, uh, like, I remember when uh, Kinky Friedman ran, everybody in my department voted for Kinky because of the three top. He was the most fun, and he was. We're like, you know, the Texas governor, especially. It's a little bit more powerful now, but had no power. And so it was just, he would be fun to watch at least. <laughs> like there was a guy who ran and he was like one of the top three in Florida named D's Nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. Well, <laughs> it's like Vermin Supreme. Mm-hmm, yeah. Who like actually beat other, like I think Mike Huckabee. Yeah. Like, outdid Mike Huckabee and Lindsey Graham. <laughs> There's a British man. I can't remember who it was. There was a Brit, like there was a British vermin supreme. Oh yeah. It was like, the, I he was like dressed up in like as like a, this dark knight kind of figure, <laughs> and like 
was like did well enough like he was on stage with other candidates oh, yeah. and like whoever was like ne- I can't remember who it was I- I'm trying to say I can't, I can't remember who it was who was like doing the announcements at this event and like had to announce like his numbers and stuff and was like totally <laughs> just obviously did not want to yes he got this many votes rolling her eyes yeah, that's like, funny. There was a goat who became mayor in some town in Idaho. Yep, yep, there's various. I think there was a, a dog that was recently re-elected mayor somewhere. No, there's the goats in Texas. Oh. West Texas. Um, if we could just do that, can we, can we get, a, like, a, a dog elected to Congress? Would, that would be awesome. Someone who we can actually, like, you know, respect in office. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see. How was the one, giraffe as president? A d- president giraffe. He has and, to be born in America. Yeah, exactly. It's you gotta have his birth certificate. <laughs> Is he thirty-five? <laughs> if he's five and years old, I guess that's thirty-five Let's and dog years. See. Books could be president. Here we go. And I like the book. I'm friend requesting you. All right. Uh, the mess messenger interface is like awkward. Where I was like. Oh, I'll just click through, and it kind of didn't. Yeah, it has. Well, it's a multi, so it has. Oh, I guess maybe down here. No. Yeah. I don't, oh, here we go. I could have just clicked that. But um. So, yeah, that way we can keep in contact, and I'll hit you up about. Uh, well, when this drops, so this podcast will probably be the first one of 2018. Because okay. uh, this month is full of like Christmas ones and uh, okay. and hunting ones. Because uh, Trish and I just got back from a Thanksgiving hunt, uh, December ninth. So. Yeah, and um, yeah. Well, so you'll be on. I think December second is when this will drop. Uh, that's we Jan- always do Tuesdays. January second or January? Sorry, January second. Yeah, we always do Tuesdays at 6 a.m. Okay. And um, um, and I wanted to open the year with an interesting, cool podcast because they're kind of the people that do listen to us have to be used to us yammering about hunting, and so I like these uh, interesting ones, the different ones to be on special dates. All right. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Tristan, do you feel like you know anymore? What are your thoughts? This was an interesting podcast, and it was nice to meet you. And Thank you. It's been a very interesting podcast. I wish I was able to like be more in the conversation, but it was I do too. interesting just to be able to listen. Good. Yeah. And I wish JoJo talked. Josie's six. I so didn't. I remember I was six. We toured. George Bush's, uh, like the Waco, Texas, uh, campaign office. Wow. Uh, uh, because I was going to a private school, private Christian school at the time, uh, that was run by a bunch of criminals. We found out later, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but of course a lot of the other parents were super active in the Republican party. And so we went to, uh, we got the tour and all I knew and it's funny, my grandparents uh, were yellow dog Democrats, but I didn't know that because they liked Ronald Reagan. 
a lot. Yeah, like a lot of okay. people don't. They don't admit to it now, but people liked Ronald Reagan. Like, oh, most people that whine about him now, like they're they liked him then. He's a likable individual. Yeah, and um, but so we went there, and I just you know we didn't. I didn't know anything about George H. W. Bush, except. He was related somehow to Ronald Reagan. I was too young. You know, I was hurt. But that's it. Like, I remember, mostly I remember, oh, there's elephants. That's cool. Wait, he has elephants? Republican Party. Oh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's like literally his stickers, like all of his stickers. Because now you don't do that. Now you don't say what party you're running for. You know, if you're. It doesn't really matter as much. Yeah. It's about your public identity. And uh, it's more, which is it's more of a social media mm-hmm. um, contest than a brand, yeah, corporate brand campaign, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, so, Marion, Marion actually did throw in some good stuff, yes, this podcast. So, what get on the mic? Yes, I like that you're writing your book, and we'll publish it and become millionaires. You'll be the next JK Rowling, but very tiny version. I'll be the new Nancy Drew. There, well, she's not a real person, but yeah, okay. I'll be the new Carolyn Keene. There you go. Carolyn Keene, she's a writer, Nancy Drew. Ah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, so, Marion, look at me. What do you think you learned from this podcast? Or do you think you learned something from this podcast? Uh, about politics. About how pre- politics work. Only thought the politics were presidents. No, that's well. Okay, I guess we can throw that on here at the end. And so, I just learned that you jump when you drop cards. Well, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to drop them on the ground. So that Zach is running for a position in. Uh, you, we've talked about Congress. Yeah. Like on the federal government in Washington D.C., there's a there's the president, but there's also a group of folks that get to vote. Stop it. They get to vote on stuff. Well, at the state level, there's that, too. And that's what Zach's running for, to be one of that group of people to vote on stuff. So there's basically the, the Congress of Texas is what I'm running for. Yeah. And there's the, there's the Texas House of Representatives, and there's the Texas Senate, and then there's the governor above that. There's, uh, Nebraska is the only state that has a, a unicameral uh, system mm-hmm. where there's just the Senate and the uh, and the governor. Every place else is bicameral in that yeah. it has the House of Representatives and the Senate. And based okay. off of the based off the federal system, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so does that? I guess we should. I should have explained. I kind of thought you. Would, we talk about this stuff all the time, at, like just driving in the truck. We well, we do. you and I do. But, but the girls are kind of like. Well, that's what I'm sometimes. not sure what they absorb and what they don't. So I did a bad job at the beginning of this podcast and figuring out what Marion knows and doesn't know. Um, and But then there's also, she's eight years old, and there's stuff that she does know, but she's not great at, doesn't know how to articulate. Um, and I don't know what she's doing now, some weird dance move. Um, so, Marion, do you think you would want to be a politician when you grow up? No. Why? Because I want to be a detective. That's you could good. be both. Politicians in Texas have to have another job usually. 
Yeah, you don't get paid very much. No, I think it's like six thousand or seven thousand dollars a year. Or yeah, something. it's seventy two hundred dollars yeah. a year per and per diem, which yeah. means like every uh, session day you get two hundred dollars. I think the federal government should do that. Like, I want to work it out. I don't know how I can do this. I want to run and not take a salary. Yeah. That, well. I want to not take a salary, but I just, you know, I got to pay bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well. so it's kind of it's difficult. Yeah. And so I definitely wouldn't take more than the average income of my district. How long is the term? The term is two years. Okay. Um, so you could, do, you could be actually being a detective because detectives make their own hours. You could be both, Marion. That's why a lot of politicians in Texas are doctors. uh, Well, I say lawyers, but lawyers are, they all want to be politicians anyway. Yeah. The more crooked ones. (laughs) Um, Oh, I'm going in, I'm going to be swimming in the swamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Definitely. Going in there with guys who are elected in areas who you have to work with the Dixie mob. Mm -hmm. You have to, some places you have to work. With Texas Freemasonry. Yeah, and with cartels. Cartel, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. still, there's still that culture of corruption mm-hmm. in Texas. Very much. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, I grew up in, uh, well, not in Waco, but in McLennan County. And McLennan, that's our history. Like, we're famous for our political corruption at the county level. Like, that's where, like, speakeasies were back in the day. Like, that, that's, like, Waco was a mecca for gangsters and yeah. stuff back and the, in the day. And the Capitol building of Waco, like the like the, the town, courthouse. The courthouse yeah. building. Uh-huh. It's just I've, I've driven past it. I'm like, what in the world? It's yeah. this giant like Freemason temple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like, and, well, and there is an actual Freemason temple a block away. Uh, like the big the biggest one in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like <laughs> fences and security cameras mm-hmm. and I'm like, whoa, what in yeah, the world? Man. Yeah. I mean I don't think the, like the Masons run everything or something like that. Right, right. But no. you wouldn't know that going to Waco. Right. Yeah. It's it's a big deal. And and I didn't know that till I was an adult. Like I knew like the uh, the compass and whatever it's called. Uh yeah. like tons of guys had those on their trucks or whatever and i didn't realize what that was till i was older and now it's a yeah it's a cult one of my uh, good friends who is an active libertarian is also very high up in the masons uh here in round rock and uh, but like when he got some big position a couple of years ago he had to go to waco to be ordained or christened or wow you know jumped in whatever they do i don't know um but he's he's a trip but uh it's funny he's he's fun i used to hunt on his land and uh i can't it was probably barack obama it would have been barack obama's second run at the presidency we got in a huge converse like not argument but like a huge like spirited debate about me voting libertarian and he was telling me how it was a waste of a vote and da, 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 da. and then this time around he's the guy saying all the stuff i was saying yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah man the more you learn about it it's it's definitely the it's the type of freedom you grew up thinking we were all trying for yeah you know yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah, yeah. and uh so all right i think this is our longest podcast ever. What, it's how long? two hours. Jeez. <laughs>
<laughs> I thought it felt longer than all the others. Yeah. Well, that's because you didn't participate. I almost fell asleep most Is of Josie the time. with us? She. Is Josie dead? Where did you go? Guys? <laughs> I didn't see her slip out. Come here. She's under my desk, under my feet. <laughs> she comes up her hair so All right. Uh, Zach? Yes. Thank you for coming and being on the podcast. This was a very cool conversation. Uh, I hope I'm we're going to I'm going to share it on a bunch of libertarian pages and hopefully right. you will, too. Um, is there anything else? Just final thoughts that you want to throw out there for the world for consumption? Liberty is the answer to all of our problems. There we go. Freedom. Like. freedom. Yes, freedom. <laughs> See, freedom you, for all. Yeah. You just quoted Braveheart and you didn't even know it. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, the older kids, good job. Josie, you're useless. <laughs> you <laughs> so, can sign us out because you didn't do anything. Yeah, Josie, do that. Sign us out. Fine. Oh, do you, uh, so... I will let everybody know when it'd be cool to have you back when you get like your website up and blah, blah, blah. And uh, maybe you and Ann Matthew or you and whatever. And we can do like an adult one with just Tristan or whatever. We'll figure it out. All right. And uh, (laughs) Marion, do you want to participate too? You actually do have a lot of good things to put in if you pay attention. All right, Jojo, jo, sign us out. Thank you for thank you for listening to the Wilderness Law podcast. You can find us at at Wilderness Law. At Wilderness Law. And that's, that's Twitter and Instagram. That's Twitter and Instagram at um, Wilderness Law podcast on Facebook. Wilderness Law dot us. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good job, Joe. Thank you all for listening and vote libertarian. Vote libertarian. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Toodles.